This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. We're just going to get right into it. This is my favorite time of the year. March Madness has finally begun for D1. We have the tournament going on. First four happened last night. My bracket's already messed up, so we'll see how the rest of it's going to go. Not looking great for me. But, yeah, let's just jump into it. March Madness, let's go. All right, let's talk about my bracket here. I'm going to be honest, it was tough to fill it out after the one-year absence of the of the tournament. Almost two years. It was 710 days. Kind of sad to say that, but hey, you know, we're having it this year. That's all we can ask for. So, my final four. I got to go with Gonzaga. As you heard me last week, I want Gonzaga to win it all because, you know, I want IU fans to shut up. My other final four teams are Alabama, Purdue, and Illinois. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, he's going with Purdue because he's a Purdue fan. Actually, no. If you would actually know me, you would know that sometimes I don't even try to pick Purdue out of even the Sweet 16. But this year, I think we have a shot. I feel like our only barrier is Baylor, and their defense has not been that great ever since they had a pause from COVID. And that was always the main thing with Baylor that you always wanted, that feared teams, really, was their defense. If Purdue gets past Baylor, then I feel like Ohio State will beat them in our fourth matchup. Yeah, we lost in the third one. It was kind of an ugly game. But, hey, when it comes to tournament time, I feel like Purdue's going to get in that fourth matchup there. My final game, I have Gonzaga winning over Illinois. 89-86, those are two like high-scoring teams. Well, Illinois adds a little bit of defense with Coburn. But, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a great game to watch if we get there. If anything, it'll probably be... I don't know, Texas Tech, Florida State, for all we know. That's the that's the beauty of March. Also, quick side note, I did a uh, coin flip bracket, and I had 16-seed Hartford beating 13-seed Ohio, and I did a random number generator, and the final score was like 24-20. to 20. So we'll see that. If you check my Twitter, I posted about it. It's actually pretty funny. Next thing I want to talk about in the bracket is my upsets that I feel like you should watch out for. I'm going to go through the upsets that I have on my bracket, and I'll talk about some that might be able to happen. So the first one that I have is an upset is Missouri. Technically an upset, 9 over an 8. You know, numbers greater than the other. But I have Missouri, because honestly, because Conzo Martin, former Purdue player. Uh, I'm pretty biased on this one. They were pretty good, and they were ranked up there throughout the season. So should be a good matchup. Oklahoma is a tough team, but that will be a great game to watch. Next upset I have... You gotta have your 12 over the 5. It's almost, it feels like every 12 5, the 5 is gonna lose. But I have uh, UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara. Creighton just hasn't been the same ever since Coach McDermott's comments, which are honestly terrible that he even, that he was even thinking of that, what he said. If you don't know what he said, look it up at your own discretion. It's just, it's disappointing. I was, it's even more disappointing that he only got a one game suspension. Not even a suspension, they just, I don't even know what to call it. It was a pause. He had a one-game pause from coaching. So, yeah, I don't see Creighton going far in the tournament. The next team that I have, I don't have them in my own bracket, but Georgetown. Again, another 12-5 matchup. Yeah, Georgetown is one of those teams, they are very hot. You could almost see them being like a 2011 UConn with Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier, Jeremy Lamb, Alex Oriaki, I think he was on that team. But... Yeah, Georgetown, they're hot. Get, look out for them. Patrick Ewing's probably going to 
he knows his way around the tournament. Let's just say that he went to four Final Fours and won two championships. So no, he won. He got to two championship games and won one. There we go. So yeah, he knows his way around the tournament. He'll be able to coach Georgetown up. But Colorado, I don't know. I just felt like Colorado would t- take care of business there. This next one is a little awkward because I have Michigan State. Um, I'll get into the game analysis later. I, we'll go over all the first four games. But I had Michigan State. The only note I have on here is never doubt Izzo in March, which if you didn't see the game or what happened with Izzo, just check it out. Yeah, that's kind of a hashtag blame Drew moment. By the way, that was a new thing that happened on a softball broadcast. I kept calling stuff wrong, and as you know, announcer jinx. So, hashtag blame Drew. That's going to be a thing on Twitter I'm going to have to deal with for the next two years, technically two years now. But, hey, I'm playing along with it for now. Probably after a while, it'll make me mad, and it'll be funny. So, whatever. My next one. This is probably a reach. I have Abilene Christian going to the Sweet 16. Why? I was going through on ESPN. I saw that number one ranked defense in the tournament. And if you know me at all, you know I love defense, as you saw Last week on the pod, I said put both Michael Cooper and Ben Wallace in the Hall of Fame just based on their defense alone. They don't really do that, but hey, I love my defense, so hopefully Apple and Christian will make me look a little smart on this. Probably, I don't know. Texas is a tough one, but I just have Abilene Christian going Sweet 16. That's all I'm going to say further. My next team that I have is Maryland. I don't know, kind of a gut feeling. Big 10 usually performs well in the tournament in the first couple rounds. Afterwards, it's not so great. You get a couple of them in there. But, yeah, I feel like Big Ten in the first round is almost always a win. Now I'm saying this, they're going to lose. So, yeah, how about anything I say so you don't get a hashtag blame Drew mode? Just do the opposite. So how about that? Next team I have is Winthrop. Um, Villanova, they, again, another 5-12. Man, do I have every 5-12? No, unfortunately not. Yeah, Winthrop... I feel like they're going to win because Villanova doesn't have their guard, Colin Gillespie, their leader. He's been around there for a long time. He runs the show. So, And also, ever since Villanova lost Gillespie, they haven't been doing so great. Next team I have is Virginia Tech. Kind of a gut feeling, honestly. I don't know. I just didn't see Florida as a better team, so I just went with Virginia Tech. Next up is Liberty. Now, I know people are going to kill me because I'm going against Cade Cunningham in Oklahoma State. I just like Liberty better. They did really good against Purdue in the first game of Purdue season. Not of, I don't know if it was Liberty season. First game of Purdue season, they did really well. Uh, Micaiah Abi, he's really good. I tweeted a long time ago when they played Purdue that he's the type of player who he could go off in this game against Oklahoma State and get drafted. That's what I really think. He's that good. He's only a freshman. The only thing he has to worry about is foul trouble. But yeah. Going with Liberty over Oklahoma State. Next upset I have is Rutgers over Clemson. Again, it was just a gut feeling, you know, Big Ten in the first round. Uh, Hopefully no one gets hurt because it always seems like either Ron Harper Jr. or Geo Baker is out for Rutgers. But Clemson's going to be a tough out, guys, and I don't know. That was a game I was really debating on, but I end up going with Rutgers, and I have them going on a Sweet 16. I think whoever wins that first round game between Clemson and Rutgers, they're going to beat Houston. I just don't see Houston as that great of a team. The next big news is big news for me. I was, well, I don't know. I was kind of excited about it, but at the same time, I wanted him to stay. Archie Miller is out of IU, which now means Purdue needs to try against IU. Um, yeah, I, re- I saw this. Con- I predicted this last year. I remember I was talking with IU fans, and I was like, you need to get rid of Archie because I don't see him 
taking you anywhere. And they're like, no, he's going to be great. We got all these great recruits coming in. It's going to be fun. Yeah, they didn't do so hot. So Archie's out. He's probably going to get a job somewhere. We don't know yet, unless it's being announced between now and when it's released, which I don't know. It could. We never know. But can we talk about how people really actually thought Brad Stevens was going to leave the NBA to go to IU? Ridiculous. Actually ridiculous. Brad Stevens, I, I get it. The Celtics haven't been doing so hot this year. But I, I... Why? Why would he leave to go to IU? You're telling me that he takes Butler to two national championships in a row, goes to the NBA, he's going to go back to college to go to IU, where he's only going to be compared to Bob Knight, which is probably the worst person you could ever be compared to because of how good he was as a coach. I don't know. I I was talking about it a couple minutes ago. IU's probably going to get another mid-major guy who took a team to, well, let's just find out. You could probably pick any of them. Um, Wichita State's coach got a contract extension. Drake's coach got a contract extension. Um, let's go. I <laughs> could you imagine if they if IU brought in Rick Pitino? Wow, that actually IU might be crazy enough to do that. Not gonna lie. Let's go Winthrop. They might get Winthrop's coach. Who knows? That or they'll get. I don't even know. That might be Winthrop's coach. All right, another current event we gotta talk about is uh, Sedona Price posted a TikTok of her in the bubble. With the weight rooms, it's literally just a rack of dumbbells for the women. And the men get like a whole, it's almost like the size of like a regular gym. And they get a whole weight room with squat racks, bench press, everything. Uh, This is pathetic, guys. Come on. The NCAA needs to fix this immediately. It's just sad. Especially since last year was, yes, last year with Sabrina Ionescu at... Oregon people really started watching women's basketball we start respecting it now it's it's better late than never but honestly not really we should have been respecting it ever since Pat Summit at Tennessee it should have been consistent with how we respect it uh it just shows that the organization that watches over you kind of your overlord honestly uh just doesn't care and it's almost kind of like what I was saying with the D3 tournaments um, basically saying it's as close to plain English as you can get without speaking it. You don't matter. It's just really sad. They need to fix this immediately. All right, let's get into the first four games. First four games happened last night. Of course, I'm recording this on Friday. It'll be released on Saturday morning. Let's go ahead and get into the first four games. First game of the night was Mount St. Mary's versus Texas Southern. Texas Southern ended up winning 60-52. to I really thought Mount St. Mary's was going to win, especially at the end of the half. Damian Chonqui hit the floor of the end of the half. He also had an almost impossible shot there towards the end of the half. I thought that was going to bring a momentum to really get them over top, but they just got worn out. Chonqui himself played all 40 minutes. I believe they were saying on the broadcast that would have been like the fifth or sixth game in a row that he played all 40 minutes that rags on you even like as a d1 athlete that's got a rag on you man but also mount st mary's they only went seven deep which i have a texas southern i believe they went eight or nine and i feel like that's the difference there you gotta be able to play deep that's why i like it so much about i know i keep going back to them but these trying teams they will go eight nine ten deep and it's a big part of their success because you have the trust in these guys that they will be able to live up to what the starters do, which you really have to do that if you want to move on to the next game. Yeah, but Texas Southern, they won. Congratulations to them. They now get to face Michigan. 
on Saturday. Also, let's talk about Michigan real quick. Michigan, I have them getting out in the Sweet 16. That's if Isaiah Livers stays injured or that he doesn't perform up to where he should. Because I bet Sweet 16, he'll be getting, he'll be like, Coach, put me in, put me in, put me in. Yeah, Michigan could have been your year, but got hit with the injury bug. So, I hate to say it, but I have them losing to Florida State. Next game of night was Wichita State versus Drake. It was great to see an old conference rivalry get those flames back and still be a very competitive game. Heck of a game from Joseph Yusufu. I believe it was him who had that absolute poster on that Wichita State player. Amazing to see Drake ended up going on a 10-0 run to end the half, which I believe was a big part of why they ended up winning this game, 53-52. Um, look out for Morris Udezi. That's if he stays. I ah, It's tough. I feel like he will, but honestly, that performance he put on, he played out of his mind last night. Might be able to get a second round, but I would say he should probably stay for his senior year and just feel it out a little bit. And if you didn't watch, um, you could you could just look it up on YouTube. They'll have highlights. But the last shot, it's tough because, yeah, the Wichita State player, he had at least half a second more to get, like, maybe one more dribble and take the shot. But I feel like at that point he would have short-armed it even more. Well, if he would have short-armed the same, it would have went in. But if he would have short-armed it even more, it wasn't going to go in. So tough way to go out. Great game. Uh, Drake goes on to play USC. Next up, Appalachian State versus Norfolk State. Now, this game is March Madness to a T. It's a perfect definition for it. I said last week's podcast, look for Appalachian State to make some noise. Looked like I was going to be wrong. That was going to be a hashtag blame Drew moment on that. Looking at the first half, they went 0-18 from three. They were down double digits, I believe. But I don't know why they kept shooting threes. You were 0-18 at the half. You finished 6-for-36 and. Your play, it, ha- it couldn't have been the play for that. Like, that could not have been what they drew up. But they get a three, and it was not, it, was, it wasn't really close. I mean, it hit the rim, but, like, it wasn't that close. This is where, where people's like, oh, yeah, Steph Curry changed the game and all that. Here's where I kind of agree with Mark Jackson. Remember when he said that uh, what Steph did really hurts the game? People need to stop going for kill shots. I get it. You want to be the hero. You want to be cemented. In people's memories forever. You want to be Chris Jenkins. You want to be Christian Leitner. You want to be Bryce Drew. But on that opportunity, if he would have just drove to the basket, he was either going to get a way better shot for the win. They're only down by one also. It's not like you have to go for three here to tie it. But he was either going to get a better shot or he was going to get fouled and go to the line. That's just a tough way to end the season because you had so many options on that play. You had more than enough time. Because they got a second shot up. Tough way to end the season. Uh, congrats to Norfolk State. They move on. And they get to play Gonzaga. Which should be interesting to see how Gonzaga deals with it. Hopefully Gonzaga doesn't play down to their opponent. We'll see how that goes. Alright. Final game of the night. Michigan State UCLA. As I said earlier. I had Michigan State winning. They were going to go on to the second round. And lose to Abilene Christian. In my bracket. But overall great game. UCLA winning 86-80 to in overtime. I really thought, going into halftime, I'm like, oh yeah, Michigan State's got this. They're playing in Mackey Arena, not a home environment, but as close as you can get, really, because they've played there a ton, until the situation between him and Gabe Brown happened. Now, at a halftime report, 
they were talking about. Then they show a tweet from Draymond Green saying, normal Michigan State uh, altercation, move on. I get if it's a normal situation in the locker room. Like, that's what the locker room is for. It's for riling your team up and not getting physical. That was just, wow, that was... Izzo getting physical was kind of a little much. I don't know what this will make of the situation. But if it happens in the locker room, it happens in the locker room. That's that's the best way to say it. If the screaming match happens in the locker room, that's where it's going to happen. This may be a normal situation. It's not normal to viewers. Sure, you'll get Izzo screaming at people every now and then, but nothing like that. Really jarring to see as of just watching it. And it was honestly kind of... It felt weird watching it. Um, yeah, so both of them were wrong for reacting like that, uh, especially out on the court and in the tunnel where every camera in the building is staring at you. I bet they have a super wide shot from the other side of the court watching that. Yeah, it was tough to watch. Um, yeah, Izzo in March, guys. Um, towards the end there, Michigan State was up three near the end of regulation. So Michigan State, they fouled Haquez Jr., who was like 68% from free throw for the season. So one and one. He misses the first free throw. UCLA gets the offensive rebound. They get it to Haquez Jr., who drives, and Michigan State fouls him and one, and he hits the free throw. Why foul there? Like, And it's not even like it was kind of like a judgmental thing where it was like, oh, yeah, he had his hands up, but it was the body. No, he, like, he tried to block it. If you just let him lay it in, you're you're still up one, and you have and they're most likely going to foul you once you inbound it. It just stings even more if you're Michigan State because of that offensive rebound off of the missed free throw. You had the perfect chance to capitalize on it, and you didn't. You actually did the complete opposite and worst thing you could do. And then once OT was happening, you could feel UCLA was going to be in control from then on out. Especially at the last uh, play of regulation. Well, not the last play of regulation. The last, second to last play of regulation where Aaron Henry shoots it and it looks like he airballs it, but UCLA technically blocked it. Man, that was close. That was that was really close, but they ended up calling it an airball. UCLA got one last chance and they missed a half-court chuck. Jaime Jaquez Jr. had himself a night, and he was really great from every part of the fort. The only thing he really did wrong, per se, is when he missed that free throw towards the end of regulation. But, hey, his team got the rebound, he got it back, and one hits the free throw, makes it up. And if Juzang is still hurt, which I don't think he was because he was, like, sprinting around the court at the end of the game after they won, I would expect them to lose their next game. But since he's probably not hurt, it's going to be a great game to watch. They will play BYU. So, yeah, I believe that will be it for this podcast. I want to get this done short and sweet. I really want to watch every tournament game. I'm missing one right now. It's about 20 minutes in. So, yeah, that's it for this week's podcast. Check me out on the Storm Center Pod. Follow me on Twitter. Everything will be in the description. I'll leave Trine Broadcasting Network in the description as usual. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.